Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be finishing up this little section of the first six verses right here. We're talking about the oneness of, of the body of Christ and how we're all in this together. So we're calling it like this particular portion of it, one for all. We're going to be talking about one father this morning. Last week, we talked about one God. So the Ephesians 4, 6 says this, one God and father of all who is over all and in all and through all. So what we're going to do today is we want to break down the back portion of what this verse tells us. So last week we talked about uh, one God. So today we're going to talk about the Father, how God is our Father, and what the aspects of that are. And so 1 Timothy 1.17 says this, Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever Amen. So I want you to think about this. this is part of what Paul has to say to us in a prayer to us. As he's closing this out, he gives a description of God. So as he gives us this, this is what he is expounding on or what we will be expounding on this morning from Ephesians 4, 6. What are these aspects of God that we can look at, hold on to, and know during any time of our life, whether it be time of difficulty or a time of praise or a time in our lives where we're wandering or wondering about things that are going on. These are the things that we should be able to look at as the nature and the aspects of the Lord that we can hold on to as we go through either storms of life or situations and circumstances where we feel like we can't handle those. Are they above our abilities or capabilities? Okay, One Father, one Father of all. The first thing he says here is that one Father of all who is over all. What does that mean? I mean, that means there's one supreme being, one supreme being. Now, we talk about this all the time, and we mentioned it last week. We talk about the fact that everybody wants all of us just to get along. Well, we're not all just worshiping the same God. So as we look at religions in the world, the only one that is distinctively speaking to God is Christianity, all right? Um, now, the Jews believe in God. They just don't believe in Jesus Christ, which breaks off the relationship that they have. So we're, we're looking at the same God, but as other faiths speak of God, they're not speaking about this God. Now, we look, we went into all the descriptions of that last week and how we looked at it, so I'm not going to go back there again. But as this God, as the God that we believe in and who is Father of us, what does that mean? It means He's our supreme being. He is the life giver to us, okay? So He is God over all. He is sovereign, which really means He's omnipotent, there's some descriptions and words that are given to us. It's not on your outline, but if you want to write it down, it's omnipotent, omnipotent. What does that mean? It means he's all-powerful. Everything he has dominion over, everything he created, everything brings honor and glory to him. He is immortal. He's imperishable. He's not subject to death. He's constant. He's perpetual. There is no beginning. There is no end. You and I live within the constraints of time. This is what makes our life difficult. Do you guys realize that? Time makes our life difficult, doesn't it? The older we get, um, the more time weighs on us. All the aspects of the days of our lives, the soap opera, right, come to reality. Do you guys remember days of our lives? My mom used to watch days of our lives, come home at 3 o'clock from school every day. You still watch it? Look at there. You, you tape it. Do you watch it after the sermon on Sunday mornings and stuff? I do. 
Uh, you do. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> As sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. All right. And then we go into some soap opera thematic, you know, music, and we go on and look and see how these folks are interacting. It was always a mess, wasn't it? It's always a mess. Just when you thought somebody had it together, it just blew apart, didn't it? So God is over all. He can take care of all situations, all situations and circumstances in our lives. He is immortal. He's not aspect to time like we are caught in this. Time is difficult because what do we see as we grow older? We lose folks, don't we? We lose folks that are important to us and a part of our lives. They're no longer here with us. I can remember the first time that I ever had to go through this experience where it hit a reality for me was I was in high school and no one close to me had ever passed away, but my uncle had a heart condition and he was going to see that and he went into, I guess, I guess it would have been AFib or whatever, something like that, where it starts beating, in that where it starts beating real, real fast. And this was the 80s, man. They didn't have all the good drugs and all the everything that they had now and to be able to deal with that and they could not get him to come out of that and he passed away so my aunt was a lunchroom lady and that's another reason why I look like I look today because when I would go through the line her she was in one line and her best friend was in the other so it really didn't matter which line I got into I got double portions you know what I'm saying in fact it was so bad everybody be going how come you got so much food we didn't get this much food I'm like who you know man it's who you know but my my aunt was not there, and her best friend in life was there. So I'm getting ready to go through the lunchroom line, and I, you know, I actually walked up to her and I said, "Miss um, Jeanette, how is um, um, how is my um, uncle doing?" And she pulled me aside and took me to the back, and there she told me that my uncle had passed away that morning, and my dad came by the time lunch was over and had picked me up and man I was just I was an emotional wreck it's the first time that I ever was going to wake up the next morning and not have someone that I had known all my life and been able to go to and talk to and not have them that's an aspect of time right I mean goodness gracious that's been over 30 years now and so there's a portion of that where we have to go through time in our lives where we're separated from those who we're loved. God's not caught up in all of that. God's bringing about his plan. Do you get it? We're all a part of that. We all have a certain aspect or a, or a portion or a, a something that we're supposed to be a part of when we walk on this journey of life in which he's called us to. Sometimes we're walking with people that we're very familiar with. And we become comfortable in that. But then the situation and the circumstance change, and we got to realize he's the same God. So just as I was living as a teenager, having no cares in my life, no, nothing that I was responsible for, everybody was just taking care of me. Now you're on the flip end of that, and you're the one taking care of everybody else, and you're the one trying to keep it all together. It's a different view, isn't it? But it's the same God. Why do we lose that aspect of our lives? Don't you remember when you lived carefree? Don't you remember when you lived without a worry or anxious for nothing? But now we're anxious about everything. It's the same God. 
He's immortal. He's imperishable. He's not subject to these things. He's got this. We have to understand that he is the Father over all. He's over all things. John 10, 29 says, My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than them all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So once we belong to him, we are his. He's got our back. Now, I will tell you this. The Psalm 3 says what? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes the valley looks pretty dark. Sometimes we don't think we can see him. And that feels like all this fear and other stuff is all around us. But God's got it. We're in his hand. If we're in his hand, there's no way out for us. If we have a relative or, or a friend or someone, when we go through the difficulties of transitioning of life, that we, God's got it. God's got it. And if it's us, when our time is coming, and there's people that we're left worried about, like I'm going, how in the world are my kids going to survive if I'm not here? And the, my kids are going, how in the world how are we going to survive if, my dad, if dad's not here? Guess what? They're going to be okay. Not because I'm some whatever, super dad, which I am really. Just ask my kids. But the truth of the matter is God's got this. God's got this. 1 Corinthians 8. I didn't hear an amen back there in the corner, Clay. Do I need to back that? up and let you give you an opportunity to give praise here. I'm just kidding. He just hid down behind over there in the corner. He's like, don't look at me. All right. First Corinthians, my wife's not even in here. I couldn't even get any love from her and y'all didn't even back me up. Y'all just laughed at me. First Corinthians 8, 6 says this, yet for us there is but one God, the Father from whom are all things and we all exist for what? For him. We all exist for him. So one father who is over all, the second thing is in all. He's one infinite being. He's limitless. He's omnipresent. He's eternal, everlasting, and not subject to change. What does this aspect tell us? So not only is he all-powerful, creator of all these things, he's got this. There's nothing outside of his power that can be pressed upon us. He's everywhere at all times. There are no limits. You think you can be everywhere at all times, don't you? Your kids think you can be there when you got multiple kids growing up. Hey, I got this practice. I got this. We got to be here. We got to be over here. And they're like, you're like, I cannot be what? Two places at one time. There's no way I can cover every single bit of this. If you've ever been in college or studying for something where you had multiple classes. Mallory's in her last semester. She's taken five classes to get out by the end of the semester. So there are days when she comes home and there's like four or five different things that have to be done from four or five different classes that are just like, do you remember those days where somebody, or maybe your job where you walk in and you know, you got 12 bosses where you work 
and everybody decided to lay something on your plate all at the same time so that you had to work through every single solitary bit of that, you're going, there's no way that I can make this happen because some of these things don't coexist. I can't be here and here to make this. This is what the world does to us. It's not what it does to God. See, we like to project back on God. We like to project our life back on God. So think about this. If we can't be everywhere and take care of everything, then what? God can't be everywhere, and there's no way he can take care of everything. So when life gets busy, we decide to take some of the responsibility off of God and make God's life easier. And we carry that burden. How you doing with that? How are you doing carrying the thing that you should be giving over to God? You're not. In fact, God tells us over and over through Scripture to lay those burdens down, to give them up. Take up what he, the responsibilities that he gives us. He says that those responsibilities are light in comparison to what we're carrying around. So why would we ever want to carry our own junk when we could be giving that over to the feet of the Father? Why does it seem feasible for us to do what God's already got? Because we say this all the time, right? God's got this. God's in it. God's in it. Then why are we messing with it? He's limitless. You got to go to sleep, don't you? Some of you sleep every Sunday morning on church. Yeah, I don't know. You need a nap. I get it. Where's the best place for you to go get a nap? I go to church and listen to this guy named Tim Hunter on Sunday morning. I'm telling you what, I don't know what it is. I wish you could come over to my house and just sing me to sleep or preach me to sleep every, every single night. Y'all just need to go back, skip a few weeks of that, go back a few years. I'm sure I'm online somewhere and y'all can just bring them all up so that y'all can go to sleep every night listening to me. And it's, I can just, I guess, okay, I got you. Guilty. Got, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> Anybody else need to confess this morning? I'll tell you, it's good for the soul. God is limitless. He does not stop. He is 24-7, 365 plus. If he's all-powerful and he created time, he's got every aspect of the time in which he created. Don't stress who's going to be president of the United States. <laughs> I should have known that was coming. Don't stress it at all. Because it doesn't really matter. And I'm not telling you not to vote and not to vote the way that you feel like you need to vote. That's not what I'm saying at all. I, th I think we think that we are going to save the world with one political party or the other, and we are not. We're not. It's not, it's not going to happen. I do believe that there are things that we need to stand up for. I won't get all political here. But God's got this. Have you read Scripture? It says that he places them in power for his purposes. <laughs> 
if he's bringing about the end of the world and the end of time, then certain people have certain parts that they need to play. Isaiah 43, 10 through 13. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I am Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I have declared and saved and proclaimed. There is no strange God among you. So you are my witness, declares the Lord, and I am God. Even from eternity, I am he. And there is none who can deliver out of my hand. There it is again. I act, and who can reverse it? Have y'all seen all this stuff online about Area 51? About all the people wanting to go? You know, there's that place out in New Mexico where they think that they've got aliens stored on ice or something like that, you know? And everybody's convinced that there's all these aliens and that there's life out. In fact, there's something that was out that said that there was there was a... Um, life was... was that existed on Mars millions of years ago. That came out this past week. Why do we keep looking for other life when we won't accept the life that we've been given? God created us to have a relationship with him. We're not good with that. We want something different. And because of that, we spend our entire life looking for something else that's right in front of us. John 17, 3. This, of course, is part of Christ's prayer for us. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In fact, that's, that's the purpose of why John wrote the gospel of John and the letters that we have. His purpose was to show us that there, that there is only one true God and that Christ Jesus was his son whom he sent. The other gospels are different. They're written to individual groups. Matthew wrote to the Jews. Luke wrote to the Gentiles. Mark is trying to give you... an an overshot view from 30,000 feet. So he's just hitting you the high points. But John is trying to show us that God is who he says he is and that Jesus Christ is his son. That's why we earlier this year, we put the emphasis on the seven I am statements because that is where Christ is showing us that he is the son of God. And and John is writing about that in detail in his book, in his gospel. So if God is over, God the Father is over all, if God the Father is in all, God the Father is also through all. He is one enlightened being, wisdom. He's omniscient. So not only did he create all, not only did he put time into motion that we live in, not only is he limitless through that time, but he knows everything that's going on in that time. 
He knows what you're thinking right now. Like, I wish he'd hurry up. How much longer do we have here for this? Wonder what's for lunch. Well, man, I got to cut my grass this afternoon. I don't know. What is he talking about? It's hot in here. I mean, y'all know. This is y'all. I mean, this is what's going on while I'm up here laying it down. Y'all are all going, man, my car needs to be washed. It rained yesterday. I got mud all over it. He needs to hurry up. I got to do lunch. I got a lot to get done today. I got to go back to work tomorrow. What is... Come on, this is going... If I could read your thoughts right now, y'all be going, please, Lord, please, Lord, don't let him hear what I'm thinking about right now. Don't let him know. Don't let him know what I'm thinking about. God knows every single bit of that. He's got that. And look, if I was sitting in y'all's spot and somebody else was up here, I'd be doing the same thing. I just want to let you know. If I have a Sunday off and I'm actually in church somewhere and listening to somebody else, I'm, I, these exact things are going, I'm going, man, I really hope that this is not a 90-minute preacher. He's only like a 35-minute. Come on, man, we can do it. We can do it. And I'm like you guys. When I'm going by and I've eaten lunch and I'm driving out of town and their church, the cars are all still in the church parking lot and I'm going, woohoo! Those people are hating life. I hope that was a 12:30 service. If that guy's gone this long, somebody they ain't coming back next week. I don't know. I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. God's got this. It's invisible. It's unseen to us. It is veiled to us. It's not subject to our perception. That's right. Susie said, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Because how many times have you done this? I'm up here preaching and I'm telling you one of the truths that the Bible is saying. You're going, ain't no way that's happening to him. I've been there. I've done that. God's awesome. I'm in agreement with you. I'm a follower of Jesus, but that stuff ain't happening. It will happen. It might not happen to you because you said that, but it will happen. Have you ever experienced a God thing? I've had a couple of different moments in ministry where I've just experienced God things. No way to explain it. Ephesians tells us that we're not at war against each other. We think we are. We're actually at war against the spiritual realms, the forces of good and evil. Let me tell you about the first nine months of 2009. And I may have told you all this before. Just raise your hand if I have told you, because we'll get out five minutes early, and I'll stop this story. All right. Ron, I haven't even started yet, so you don't even know which one it is. So in 2009, as a student pastor, we had just made some changes in student ministry. We had two student pastors, right? One was going to go to seminary, and one had multiple jobs and couldn't be there. So they were doing it together, and this one was in charge, the one that had multiple jobs. And then all of a sudden, this guy came up and said, I'm going to go to seminary. I'd like to learn more. And I said, can you be here every week? And we'll swap roles, and you'll be in charge, and he'll be here and help you, and he can't be here every, other, you know, every third week because of his job and all this kind of stuff because of his rotating schedule. 
So we made that decision, and the decision, you know, we kind of flip-flopped and stuff like that. So we began, this guy, the new guy, is expecting his first child. Third week in January, she's due. Second week in January, I get a phone call. You need to come to the hospital. There's no heartbeat. One week away from giving birth, they lost their child. And just a tragic experience for our church. But our church rallied, and they didn't have it. Of course, there's no insurance. There's nothing like that. There had bill. I mean, there's going to be thousands. And I mean, even if everybody cut all their fees to nothing, there were thousands of dollars. The church paid every single solitary dime for them. It was amazing. People are getting saved left and right. No joke. We're baptizing families at a time. In March, I had a little bit of a conflict with one of my elders, my leaders. Things were growing organically, and we were trying to get our hands on it. And I made the statement, we just, and look, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you this statement. The statement was, just get out of the way and let God take care of it. His statement to me was, I'll get out of the way and let God handle it. Next morning, there was a resignation. So, you know, one of my elders that had been involved for the last three years while we're forming this just uh, abruptly resigned. In the midst of all of this, you know, good stuff going on, but tragedy going on, same thing. So we're still headed in that direction. By the time we got to May, there, people are becoming disgruntled. We picked a, picked a week to take kids to camp, and it was a week that wasn't good for the old student minister and was chosen by the new student minister. So now it was him trying to get people out of the way so that he could go to camp. And some of the older kids couldn't go that week. It was just a really bad week, Tim. You need to make him change the week. No, that's the week that works for him. He's in charge. It'll be okay. It wasn't okay. In May of that year, I was having a men's Bible study. had been having it for a number of years, and one of the men came up and he had been found out that he had pancreatic cancer. Still baptizing. Went through the whole summer, went to camp. People come back, they're mad. By the time we got to August, a revolt was happening. We need, we need to go back to the way things were, Tim. It's a lot of these kids' senior year. They need to have a great senior year. We need to make sure all this is happening. I told you at this point we were running like 250, 300 people had started from scratch. And the first Easter we had 60. My mom's retiring from work. She fully retires in August. <clears throat> I have just gone full-time, have been bivocational for a number of years previously, probably about four, or unemployed, one of the two, whatever you want to call that. And she tells us, she helps us financially because when we moved into the house, she had a portion of the house, so we had a mortgage and then when she moved in, she wasn't able to financially cover all this, so we had a second mortgage. A HELOC, home equity, line of credit, whatever you want to call it. It was two bills. She gave us the money to cover the bill. When she told us that she was retiring fully, she said, I can't do that anymore. I went to my wife that night, who was getting ready to start nurse practitioner school, and had started and already signed up for a class that fall. 
that she needed a, a course to finish, to, I mean, to be able to be accepted. And I told her, I said, we're going to be broke. We will not make this journey. We can't pay school. We're not going to be able to financially keep it afloat because I told them what I needed, and they gave me that plus what my mom was given. We're not going to have that anymore. And you're not going to be able to work like you're working to be able to go to school. So we're going to be broke. She didn't take that well. So things progress on in September. In the first part of October of that year, my mother got in an accident <clears throat> with Mallory in the car. Mallory was uninjured. My mom was injured. And I t told you guys this a few weeks ago, but she passed away a few days later. Within a week, she had passed away, probably from a blood clot. A week later, the same people that were for the old student minister came and told me that they were going to start meeting in some of, some of the people in the church's house on a different night. And they did. They held their first meeting. We went to dinner with them, and they told us that. And it was going to happen a week later at their house. Guess what? It was the same elder who resigned off the elder board. So now I had two different student ministries. People didn't know what to do. I had people calling me and going, should I go? All my, all my kids' friends go to this one over here that, that's not sanctioned by the church. And I'm like, look, I get it. I don't know what to tell you. We baptized 26 people that year. That was one out of like every eight people that were coming to the church on a given Sunday. I just lost my mom, and there was a faction of the church that was going away. We had done these great things. I had Bible studies that were leading and people with cancer, and it was, it was just overwhelming. Five months later, by the time we got to May of the next year, everybody was gone that was involved in that. I lost seven families, and both student ministers had quit. Some of the seven families were a part of my band. And we went from that Easter of 250-plus so by the time we got around to the next Easter after all this mess of 150, we lost 100 people. We got to understand, God is God. He's all-powerful. Our job is not to get in the way and pick and choose who we want to do what we want them to do, but allow God to grow up who God wants to grow up and let them be the people of God in which he's called them. We're going to look at this a little bit later, but you know what my job here is? To equip and to edify. My job is not to break you down, and my job is not to tear this down. My job is to equip you to do the ministry that God has called you to do, and then also build up the body of Christ. That's my job. All kinds of other stuff that goes on takes away from that. I don't know if you know this, but I can't be in multiple places at one time. 
I can't do everything that your ministry requires of a pastor. I can't do everything your family requires of a pastor. That's why we have deacons. That's why we have Sunday school teachers. That's why we have people leading different ministries, and that's why people have to take up this stuff. God can do all of that through you, in you, and over you. Because he's the father of every single one of us. Do you believe it can happen? I believe it can happen. At the same time everybody was leaving our church to do all those other things and go all those other places, the Georgia Baptist Convention was sending me a letter asking me how we baptized all these people. You see, we had made a list because we had been so good at reaching people for Christ that year. Now, you know me. You see me every week. How did we keep it all together there? How did I keep my sanity and all of that? God. God takes care of every single bit of it. John 16, 13 through 15, and then verse 27. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, he will not speak in his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, he will take up mine, and he will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose to you. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. There it is. There's a trinity right there in all those verses. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3, earlier in this book, this is what Paul has to say, and I'll close with this. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose for which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Unto the Father, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the blessings of life and all that you bestowed upon us. I praise you for the life that you've given us and what you've called us to. Father, we're in the midst of circumstances and situations that are beyond, beyond and above our pay grade and our abilities. We can't handle it. And probably there's people in this room like myself crying out to you going, I need some relief. Father, I pray that you will reveal yourself, that you will show yourself, that you will give guidance and direction through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Father, I pray that as we see that, as we hear that, that we will respond. And as we respond, I pray that you'll transform our lives. Give us strength for the days that lie ahead. Give us peace in our hearts and a joy in our soul. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing as we sing. You move as the Lord leads. If, that need, if you need to come up here, the altar's open and you can pray. If you need someone to pray with you, I'll be here for you.